In our third session now on the book of Job, we're going to look at Job's response to the loss of his children and his possessions. Remember, in verse 8, we saw there was none like him. Blameless, upright, fears God, turns away from evil. So what's coming upon Job is not owing to his failure or his sinning. Satan has come into God's presence. God has directed Satan's attention to Job. Satan has accused Job by saying he fears God for a particular reason. Does Job fear God for no reason? You stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, his possessions, he will curse you. In other words, the accusation is Job does not fear God or love God or treasure God or admire God or find satisfaction in God. He uses God. God is his butler, his lackey, his slave, his benefactor. He loves his possessions. That's the accusation, and that's what this book is about. And so God hands Job into the hands of Satan. Behold, all that he has is in your hands, Satan. Only you have limits because I'm sovereign over you. Don't stretch out your hand against him. Only his possessions. So Satan went out, and the result was absolutely devastating. First, a messenger came and said that the Sabaeans had destroyed or taken the donkeys and the oxen and killed the servants. Next, the fire of God had fallen and burned up the sheep and the servants. Next, there came Chaldeans in groups and made raids and took the camels and struck down the servants. And then worst of all, while he was still speaking, they said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across, struck the four corners of the house. It fell. They're all dead. How will Job respond? Here's his response. Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and worshipped. Let's take those one at a time. He rose. He had enough strength not to collapse, but to rise perhaps just to get a good grip on his robe. And he ripped it. Why do we tear our robes? This was a very common custom. You read it all through the Bible, indeed all through history, when people hear horrible news, especially about the loss of loved ones, they beat their chest, they grab their shirt, their dress, and they tear at it. Why? Because we are desperate to show on the outside how torn and ripped we are on the inside. I think that's the idea. Shaved his head. This was a common practice too, just a couple of glimpses. Isaiah in that day, the Lord of hosts called for weeping and mourning and for baldness and wearing of sackcloth 
Jeremiah 7.29, cut off your hair, cast it away, raise a lamentation. Micah 1.16, make yourselves bald, cut off your hair for the children of your delight. Make yourselves as bald as an eagle, for they shall go into exile. In other words, in those days, the shaving of the head was a sign of horrible experiences of loss and grief. Why would that be? One reason would be because Proverbs 20, uh, I think it's twenty twenty nine, says that the splendor of an old man is his gray hair. And so whatever splendor I have, Job says, I'm done. I have no splendor anymore. What do I care about human splendor? I don't care if I get rid of all my long, flowing, handsome, dignified gray hair. I've lost my children. And if that, that takes some time, right? You've got to go get a, a sharp instrument, shave your head. He probably didn't care if he cut himself in the process since he's tearing his robe. He shaves his head, and now he's had time to ponder it while he's shaving. And he fell down on the ground, signifying how low he had been brought and how much strength is fading from him. And he worshipped. He worshipped. That's the point of the book. Job did not curse God. Remember, Satan said, you take, you take his, his things and he'll curse you. He does just the opposite. He worships. He reverences and, and treasures God above his family. Jesus said, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter, Job had seven sons and three daughters. Whoever loves those seven sons or those three daughters more than me is not worthy of me. And Paul said, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. This worship here is a demonstration of the worth of God. We revere Him. We reverence Him. We treasure Him. We trust Him. He said... He's going to explain why he worships. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. Meaning, I assume, naked. I had nothing when I came into this world. I had nothing. And when I'm going out of the world, evidently, I'm going to go out with nothing. God is stripping it all away. And then he explains what he means. I mean, why would you even bring up being naked at birth and naked at death? Why would you bring that up? Because here's what it means. The Lord gave. When I was, when I was naked at birth, God gave all that I ever had. God gave it all because I had nothing. And then I had it and God gave it. And the Lord has taken away. If I go naked... Back to death, it was because God has taken what he gave. God has taken 
So God gave it all. I had it for a season, and God has now taken it all. God is the giver, and God is the taker. And he concludes from that, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed, praised, praised, honored as the one who gave it all, left it with me for a season. I enjoyed it. He took it. And he is implying, I I deserved nothing. I came naked. I deserved nothing. I had it for a season. I lost it. So nothing was deserved by me and nothing was mine. I deserved nothing. I owned nothing. It was God's, not mine, because the Lord gave it to me. And the Lord has every right to take it from me. It was just a loan to me. So this is the defeat of Satan, right? Satan said, he's going to curse you. And instead of cursing, he worships. And the nature of that worship is to affirm a profound truth underneath it. Namely, I came into the world owning nothing, deserving nothing, and I was made rich by God. The Lord gave. I was made rich by God. And I will go out of the world naked because God has taken it away. He gave it. He took it. He didn't have to give it. He has every right to take it. And therefore, God is blessed. Blessed as all-powerful. All-wise. All-good. Generous. And as James says, all merciful. And we're going to see more of of why that is, but that's what we should affirm because that's what James says. Now, one more observation, and it's all important. Sometimes people read this and they say, that is what Job did and he shouldn't have done it. This was bad theology, Job, and you should be angry at God and not worshiping God. You should not be saying the Lord has taken away. Satan took it away. Well, we have seen that that's not the case. God is behind Satan and he's sovereign. And in all of this, when he says the Lord has taken away, the Lord gave my children, the Lord took my children, the Lord gave me the camels and the oxen and the sheep and the donkeys, and the Lord took them all away. In all of this, Job did not sin. He did not charge God with wrong. That sentence is added to answer that accusation that this is bad theology. It's not bad theology. It's glorious, life-saving, hope-giving theology that God who gives and takes is 
powerful and wise and good and merciful and can turn everything for our good and for his glory in and through these losses. That's test number one. A plus, Job. How will he do on the second one? 